Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Iowa fans, welcome to another edition of the Swarmcast podcast. The official podcast of 24-7 sports is HawkeyeInsider.com. Your best coverage for all things Iowa Hawkeyes football, basketball, and recruiting. Sean Bach here, obviously a different voice from what you guys are used to on the Swarmcast with David Eichel being the usual host, but we decided to switch it up this week, and this might be something that we do for the rest of the regular season as I will host a podcast with a journalist, beat writer, that covers the opposing school that Iowa will be facing that week. And this week I talked to Sam Herter of Heroesports.com. If you're not familiar with Heroesports.com, is the national site, one of the main national sites for covering FCS college football. And that's the division that Iowa's opponent, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, fall under. So we talked to Herter, who was very familiar with the South Dakota State program. Um, he is a graduate of North Dakota State, lives in the Minneapolis area. So he's in that area, um, very familiar with Missouri Valley Conference football, which is the premier FCS conference, which happens to be where South Dakota State is in. And we talked to Sam about a jump, a jumbo of a, a number of topics, including the South Dakota State offense, the NFL draft prospects on the roster, the defense, the notable defensive players, how this matchup kind of looks from a South Dakota State perspective, and. He also gives his predictions, among other things, at the weigh-in. So hope you guys enjoy listening. Make sure to follow me at sbach247 and then at David Eicholt on Twitter. And make sure to subscribe to not only the podcast, but to our site, as we have a 30% off the first month deal going on right now. And then we will eventually have a couple of deals going on this regular season, as well as the Hawkeyes hope to make it back to the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis. So once again, Sam Herter from Heroesports.com. You can listen to this interview now. All right, so now we welcome in Sam Herter, who covers FCS football for Heroesports.com, one of the premier websites when it comes to FCS coverage and national coverage, too, um, in that rank. So Sam has put together really a lot of really good previews on the top FCS teams in the country, um, and he has a South Dakota State one in the works as well ahead of Saturday's matchup against Iowa. Um, so, Sam, let's dive into it. Obviously, you know, you're up there in Minnesota. You've really been around those Dakota schools um, kind of your whole life. But this South Dakota State team, I I don't know if it's just – I mean, I'm obviously familiar with 
the FCS ranks and those programs and how they've really churned out talent. But this is South Dakota State team. Maybe it's just me covering Iowa and really taking a deep dive into them. But there seems to be a lot of talent on this team and not just like talent in FCS, but NFL talent too. Am I, am I mistaken with that? Or is that correct? No, you're, you're spot on. Uh, I mean, this is a very, very talented roster, obviously by, by FCS metrics, but also uh, I think they have a lot of guys that either are going to be NFL draft picks or are going to sign undrafted free agent contracts, you know, after the draft in 2023, I mean, Tucker craft uh, is arguably maybe you know, a top two or three tight end in all of college football. Um, he had some some tampering going on where there were some power five schools offering him six-figure NIL deals to come play uh, for their team, uh, and he decided to stay at at South Dakota State. Zach Hines is, an, is another tight end with, with, with uh, pro potential. Uh, Jackson Yonke, uh, a wide receiver, uh, he has pro potential. His twin brother, uh, maybe a little less pro potential, but he's maybe getting some undrafted free agent love. That's Jane Yonke. Uh, they have a couple of offensive linemen that could be undrafted free agent guys. Uh, Adam Bach is only a... I think he's a junior this year, sophomore, a junior, middle linebacker, Iowa native, I believe. Give him a couple of years. He could be an NFL uh, type guy. And so these aren't just good FCS players. These these are good college football players as well that, that we're going to see at the next level. Yeah, and those guys obviously returned from last year's team that made it to the semifinals in uh, the FCS playoffs. But I think one of the more interesting things with this program, too, is you look at the quarterback and running back situation, losing Chris Oladokun, losing Pierre Strong, two guys that were drafted in this past year's NFL draft. And, you know, at first glance, you're kind of like, okay, like how how are they going to replace these guys? But Mark Gronowski, Isaiah Davis, two guys that are going to come in and be those types of impact players. Obviously, Gronowski um, has that experience from freshman year, and then Davis as well has really um, been more of a – because he, he – played a lot when uh Pierre Strong was hurt correct Mm -hmm. yep yeah so how you know with those two guys how important is it to have that have those two guys back yeah that's massive and that's something that makes South Dakota State so impressive and, and something about them that a lot of FCS schools can't do a majority can't do. Um, and that's have really solid depth where you lose a star player and another one steps up and you don't lose a beat. Uh, I mean, South Dakota state has really built out their depth. Uh, North Dakota state is able to do that. James Madison was able to do that before they were now in uh, the FBS, but you can go back, you know, so often, whether it's, you know, a guy like Christian Roseboom, who's now in the NFL star middle linebacker, kind of the consensus a couple of years ago was, you know, how can South Dakota state's defense get better when they lose a guy like that. Um, and then they, they bring in another really good middle linebacker uh, just because of that depth and their ability to recruit, uh, you know, really talented guys. And I think that's the case this year where you look at the offense. I think a lot of expectations are this offense could be the best South Dakota state offense uh, they've ever had. Uh, even when they've had, you know, go back a few years ago, they had Karen Christian and, and Dallas Goddard and Jake Winnicky, some guys that, that, that are, are still in the NFL or, or were in the NFL. Uh and so the question is, how can an offense that loses a fourth-round draft pick in Pierre Strong Jr. and then a seventh-round draft pick uh, in, in quarterback Chris Oladolkin, how can they get better? Well, the reason Chris Oladolkin was there last year was because Mark Gronowski tore his ACL in the spring season national championship game after being the Missouri Valley Football Conference Player of the Year as a true freshman. Um, and so Chris Oladolkin was kind of that stopgap guy that that came in and really played well. Uh, Isaiah Davis is, you know, he – 
some people thought he was better than Pierre Strong Jr. during that spring run uh, to the national title game. Uh, and that's obviously saying a lot because Strong just got drafted in in the fourth round. Uh, in Davis last fall, missed a lot of time due to injury. And then Strong kind of got dinged up in the playoffs. And then Davis came back um, and spelled him. Uh, and so that's one of the things, like I said, at the top of with South Dakota state is they're able to replace star players with more star players. And that's why they have so much hype going into this season. What, um, what's kind of the main difference between Gronowski uh, and Davis compared to Oladoka and strong, you know, what kind of play styles are a little different from those two duos? Yeah. So at the quarterback spots, uh, Oladokun could make plays, uh, with his legs, but it was more, it was more escaping pressure, keeping his eyes downfield. And if you had to, he could pick up, you know, t- 10 yards. Like he, this, it, it sounds weird, but Oladokun ran like a quarterback when he, when he tucked it and run Gronowski, when he tucks it and run, he runs like a running back. You know, he's a very, very physical runner. Uh, that was as a true freshman uh, during the spring football season, you know, he, he had a really good arm, but he, he relied on his legs uh, a lot as most, you know, true freshmen do at the quarterback position. If they don't see anything, they're just going to tuck it and run. And he was very, very good at that. Obviously coming off of a knee injury uh, by all accounts, you know, fully healed and all that, but he will have a brace uh, on his knee. You know, will they run him as much as they did during the spring? Um, But when he does tuck it and run, they might be telling him, Hey, protect yourself a little bit better. You're you're a quarterback, not a running back. So stop trying to plow through guys. Uh, Then at the running back position, uh, you know, strong was, he was a he he is a very smooth runner. Um, you know when, you know great vision, great cutting ability, great open field uh, speed. Uh, but was strong. He was so smooth in that when he was in the open field and he would make a cut, you know, on a safety or whatever. Like he didn't really lose any speed. He was just very smooth. Didn't slow down when making cuts or anything like that. Uh, uh, you know, with Davis, I think he he kind of has a full tool uh, toolkit. Uh, he's more of a physical runner, though. Um, he can juke you, he can outrun you, uh, but he's going to try to go through you a little bit more than, than trying to go than trying to go like juke you out. Or um, so, I, I think that's a little bit of difference there at the running back spot. Right. Yeah, I was going to uh, I was going to mention that yesterday, South Dakota State head coach John Stiegelmeyer. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, Stiglmeyer. Uh You Stiglmeyer. can always call him Coach Stig, Coach Stig too. It is a, is a lot easier. That's Coach what, Stig. Yeah. Call yeah, that is perfect. I was I was trying to type his name the other day. I'm like, how do like you got? I mean, I'm sure you get used to it, but like Iowa's really basic last names with <laughs> the spelling stuff. So when I was saying Stiglmeyer, I was like, I just had to copy and paste it both times. But that's a, when you mentioned that I was gonna say I, I see like you have more knowledge of it than me, but. Do you kind of see Gronowski maybe taking a step or do you kind of see the South Dakota state head coaching or coaching staff taking a step back when it comes to, you know, using Gronowski in those design run plays? Yeah. That's like against Iowa specifically. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. And I'm not sure because that is, like I said, you know, that, that, that was a big part of his game during the spring season uh, is, is using his legs. And so I don't think you can fully, just take that away. And so I'm sure they'll have some designed runs for Gronowski, but will he run the ball uh, on designed runs, you know, 10 times a game? Probably not. Maybe they keep it to three or four designed runs. And then obviously if things break down, you know, that he'll, he'll add some rushing attempts there. Uh, but I do think they'll probably, I don't know if rein him in is the right word for it, but they'll probably try to protect him. 
a, a little bit there, especially with, uh, you know, Davis there uh, at running back. And they, they have some uh, pretty decent depth, uh, some young guys too behind Davis that, that could, you know, be, um, you know, that, that can get the job done, done as well running the ball. So I don't think they need to rely on his legs as maybe as much as they did during the spring season. For sure. And what about this defensive line or offensive line, excuse me, for South Dakota State? What is what is kind of the state of that group going into this year? Yeah, so the I'm trying so I it, it would be the left side of the line. Um I believe yeah, the left side of the line. They have uh, Greenfield at left tackle, then McCormick at left guard. Uh two preseason all Americans for us at Hero Sports. Uh and that's gonna be a really strong side of the offensive line. The right side uh, I believe has two two guys that haven't started a whole lot of games. And so you kind of have the left side, all Americans, the right side, a bit more inexperienced. Uh, but this is a unit that has really allowed South Dakota State to take the next step uh, nationally in the FCS. This is what has allowed them to compete with North Dakota State in the trenches. Uh, you go back 2013, 2014, kind of around there. They were kind of a second round team. And now they're making the semifinals. They're making the title game. A big reason for that is they've really upped their play on the offensive line uh and a big reason for that is their former offensive line coach slash offensive coordinator uh, jason eck he's now the head coach at idaho and so he had a huge influence on how well that unit played without him you know we'll see if if they regress at all uh but overall it's a very strong offensive line yeah who are some of those big hires for that coaching staff because i believe they lost was it two or three coaches or am i wrong on that i couldn't remember the exact amount from the coaching staff that they lost last year yeah they i'm trying to think too they lost their offensive coordinator and jason eck uh they yeah. lost their co-defensive coordinator uh whose name is is escaping me um and then i think all they did was they they basically moved their other co-defensive coordinator as the main defensive coordinator uh then their new offensive coordinator is zach lujan um who's a former quarterback for them, you know, in the mid 2010. So he's relatively young. This is his first time being an offensive coordinator. And so that's another thing to keep an eye on too, is, you know, how, how does he adjust mid game um, when you're not a veteran offensive coordinator? Sometimes you can, you can tip your hand or you struggle to adjust and, and stuff like that. Um, and so they, they kind of shuffled things around internally. And then they brought in uh, some new hires to coach, you know, whether it be the, the offensive line or the linebackers or something like that. But I don't, I don't have those names off the top of my head on, on who they brought in. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, so let's go. Let's go to the defense. Depth on the defensive line looks like they had two guys on the all Amer- on your guys' all American team. Um, one of them being an Iowa product in Caleb Sanders. But is that depth a little bit of a concern on the defensive line for South Dakota State? No, obviously they have those two guys back, leading tack or leading tackles for a loss, leading sack guys one and two in both categories, but. What is kind of that feel for that defensive line right now, too? Because, I mean, I know a lot of Iowa fans, when we put the depth chart in the message board, they were saying, like, oh, like, we're going to be able to run over South Dakota State in the second half, especially with the way that South Dakota State seems undersized or the size advantage that Iowa's offensive lines may have on the defensive line. So what what about that South Coast de- defensive line? What is kind of the, you know – strength there what are kind of the weaknesses what are people optimistic or pessimistic about with that group yeah so i think overall 
for this team, the weakness on this team is the secondary. Uh, they allowed a mm-hmm. lot of big plays. Uh, the strength, especially on defense, is is the front seven. Uh, they're a very stout, uh, and specifically on the defensive line, I think their starting four uh, is going to be really, really good. Uh, Caleb Sanders is a great defensive tackle. Reese Winkleman, uh, I like his play. He's a veteran. Uh, then Quinton Hicks as well uh, is an explosive uh, defensive end. And so I think their, their top four or five defensive linemen are really good, but I do think there is uh, a concern on the depth because last year they had about eight guys that were all quote unquote interchangeable where the, the, the next four could rotate in and, and won't drop off. Uh, I think they, they've lost about four of those top eight guys on the rotation from last year. Um, and so you're kind of cutting your depth in half there where you need four more guys to step up because they do want to rotate. Uh, you know, you'll see them subbing in and out on the defensive line, you know, every other play, you know, they're not going to play the same four guys across the defensive line all game. And if they do that against Iowa, then you're right. They, they are in trouble in the second half because you can't just play that many guys uh, against a P five team with that many reps. So, so they will rotate. It's just a matter of, you know, can those backups hold hold their own and spell and spell the, the the starters across the defensive line? But I do think the starting four is going to be really really good. Uh, it's just those next four is is a bit of a question mark. Yeah, and Adam Bach obviously he's been a big talking point. He's from Solon, Iowa, which is about twenty minutes north. Or I mean, it's not even twenty minutes, but twenty minutes north of Iowa City. Um, same hometown, same high school. Grew up with Tyler Linderbaum former Iowa center who is now with the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. Um, no relation to either. I am uh, not related <laughs> to Adam Bach. Just I've said that so many times this week. It's starting to get old myself. But uh, with him, you know, what does he bring that's so special? Obviously, seemed to really rack up the tackles last year. And having that defensive line depth, too, really seemed to allow him to get into gaps and really just roam around, too, whether that be, you know, stopping the run, playing in coverage or, you know, just kind of being all over the field and just covering a ton of ground. But what does he bring or what does he do that, you know, makes him so good? Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Yeah, you know, that that town in Iowa, Solon, he that's produced a lot of great uh, talent, I know, because like you said, Bach is from there. And then uh, yep. Cam Miller, the starting quarterback uh, for North Dakota State, he's also uh, from that town. And so kind of a, a connection there uh, in the Dakotas. Yep. But with with Bach, I, he runs uh, – so well uh sideline to sideline he's also uh built well enough to you know you know to to handle the 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 a gap and so he's just a physically impressive 
linebacker, in my opinion. I think he's very, very athletic. Uh, I, I, I think I have him the number one or number two linebacker uh, in all of the FCS. Uh, and South Dakota State has always had really good middle linebackers. I, I mentioned Roseboom earlier. Um, I think Bach is up there as one of the, the best linebackers South, South Dakota State uh, has had. And so, um, you know, he has a, some experience around him uh, at the at the outside linebacker position. But I think, uh, you know, maybe he – he had a strong spring year, but maybe he wasn't fully on the radar of teams as far as their scouting report last fall. And maybe that allowed him to, to, you know, run free uh, a little bit, but I, I certainly expect, uh, you know, opposing offenses to always have a hat uh, on him. And so uh, we'll see it like production wise, if, if he rivals the, the amount of tackles that he had last year. Uh, but I still think he's, he is certainly the top defensive player for South Dakota state. And uh, it seems like he, he's always, always around the ball. So. Mm-hmm. Who are some of those other playmakers on defense that South Dakota State? I mean, you mentioned Winkleman, you mentioned Sanders, you mentioned Bach, you mentioned some of those linebackers too that, you know, are having, that are going to take a step up this year. But, you know, who are some of those other guys that, you know, can potentially make the difference, like a big difference in this game? Yeah, I think uh, one of their outside linebackers, Stallbird, uh, he's, uh, I can't remember if he started last year or not, but he, he played a lot of reps. He's expected to start uh, this year. Uh, really athletic guy. I think he could make uh, a big impact on this game and throughout the season. Uh, and then, you know, in the secondary, I think is, like I've mentioned, it, it is kind of a question mark. They do need uh, a playmaking cornerback or a playmaking safety. Uh, and they, they had some guys that made some splash plays last year that are no uh, longer there that, that a couple of them, their cornerback and one of their strong safeties hadn't, und- they both got undrafted free agent deals. I'm not sure if they made final rosters uh, or not, but it seemed like one series uh, safety will make a splash play. And then the next series, there was some miscommunication in cover two where, you know, the, the cornerback was sitting at 10 yards and the safety was not over top and they just gave up, you know, a, a big play where there was no defensive, you know, secondary players at all. And so I think that is something where, you know, maybe Iowa can take advantage of is, you know, the safeties can make some splash plays, but at the same time, maybe you can pick on them a little bit. And so I don't necessarily have a name in the secondary that could like have, you know, yeah. a, a big impact. I just think overall uh, those guys, someone needs to step up and be a playmaker and not allow those, those big defensive breakdowns. Were those teams that they had those big defensive breakdowns last year in the secondary, were those, I mean, obviously you're going to have teams like North Dakota State with Cam Miller who can sling it, you know, all over the field. You're going to have those types of teams take advantage of it. But were most of those teams ones that were pass heavy or very, you know, potent with the pass or were there ones that, you know, struggled with the pass, but again, South Dakota State were able to take advantage of that, even if they weren't consistent throughout the year. Yeah, the two games that come to mind uh, as far as, uh, you know, the, the secondary giving up a big play, whether it be just a a, a breakdown uh, in defense or just not winning a 50-50 ball uh, with the cornerback on, on a big wide receiver. The two that come to mind are, are Villanova and Montana State. That was the quarterfinal game and the semifinal game. Uh, obviously beat Villanova in the, in the quarterfinals, but lost to Montana State in the semifinals. Those are just two games that come to mind where they did allow some big plays through the air. Uh, and both Villanova and Montana State are both balanced teams uh, you know they want to establish the run to set up the pass um, and so it's not like they were just you know throwing it downfield you know every other play and maybe they came down with it uh, you know half the time it was it was more 
uh, more decisive than that as far as we want to run, 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 and then maybe maybe lull them to sleep or something like that, or maybe have the cornerback sleeping a little bit and try to take them uh, over the top. And so, uh, yeah, I think it, it wasn't necessarily where they were just getting thrown all over. It was just, you know, maybe getting lulled to sleep or communication breakdown, something like that. I probably should have asked this earlier in the podcast, but what is the outlook on the South Dakota State that South Dakota State team this year. You mentioned all the NFL, or we mentioned all the NFL talent that they potentially have on this roster. Um, obviously, North Dakota State's going to be at the top of the Missouri Valley, and usually when you're at the top of the Missouri Valley, you're probably the favorite to win the FCS championship. But what is the outlook of this South Dakota State team? What What do a lot of people think this team can become? Yeah, I think the expectations are to make it to uh, the national championship. Uh, I think a lot of people have the expectation that it will be North Dakota State versus South Dakota State in Frisco, Texas, the site of the, the FCS title game. Uh, they, they've had some some games in the playoffs, whether it be quarterfinals or semifinals, but they've never met uh, in the national title game. And South Dakota State has had NDSU's number in the regular season. I think it's four of the last six matchups they've won, uh, but it's always, you know, NDSU with with for the most part with the last laugh, you know, winning the national title and South Dakota State not. But I think with the Jacks, they have they have the play in the trenches. They they built out their depth. They have the top end talents uh, to win a national title. And I've said it on some podcasts where I think South Dakota State's eleven best players are better than North Dakota State's eleven best players. Uh, but maybe the overall depth, you know, isn't there. Maybe the you know the clutch plays and, and coming up in big moments that you kind of tilt that toward North Dakota State's favor rather than South Dakota State's. Uh, that's another thing too with the Jacks is. They've had some really, really good teams, but they've also kind of fallen flats, you know, when they needed a big performance uh, the most. And so there's kind of that, I don't know if it's a mental hurdle or what you want to call it, that the Jacks uh, need to get over um, some consistency issues too with South Dakota State game to game. But I think overall, you just look at, you just look at the talent they have coming back and, and the play they have in the trenches. Uh, I think it is make it to the national title. Uh, I think anything less than that would, would be a disappointment for that fan base. Yeah, definitely. And um, I know Iowa fans don't want to think about this, but when you look back at that North Dakota State game a couple years ago, Kirk Ferentz mentioned it the other day. Obviously, that was one that that really put a damper on that season. Um, But when you look at this matchup, I think I saw 17 and a half was the spread in some some books had that. But when you look at this matchup, what is South Dakota State? have to do to you know make things tight or make things you know interesting make things close and you know maybe even potentially beat Iowa. i'm not going to say it's going to happen but what do what do the jacks have to do to make you know their trip to iowa city worthwhile or at least you know make it a game make it a close game yeah i think i i, I do believe this is going to be a one score game you know with about six minutes left uh in the contest i'm not picking South Dakota State uh, to win. Uh, in fact, I don't, you know, just listening to some of their fan podcasts, I don't think the fans like are picking the Jacks to win, but I think they're all expecting like this is, this can be like a 24, 21 ball game with five minutes left and, and quote unquote, we're going to have a chance, you know, at the end. So I do think it'll be a tight ball game. Uh, I think, I mean, you mentioned the North Dakota State game back in, uh, I believe it was 2016. That was quote unquote, one of NDSU's worst years. You know, that was one of their quote unquote worst teams. Like they didn't win the national title that year. Um, I think this South Dakota State team is arguably more 
is, is probably better than that 2016 uh, team just from a, a talent perspective. But what the, what the Jacks need to do, uh, I think defensively, the front seven uh, needs to hold up. Um, you know, holding up fine against the run for three quarters is fine, but we see it a lot in P5 and just FBS versus FCS games where it's a tight game for three quarters and then all of a sudden, you know, that the the power five team holds on to the ball for nine minutes in the fourth quarter and just runs, 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 and that depth kind of takes over. So I think holding up in the front seven, especially on the defensive line for four quarters, uh, is is going to be key. And offensively, I, I just think Mark Ranowski has to be sharp. Um, you know, it's been a year and a half since he's played a game. He has so many weapons around him, whether it's the tight ends, whether it's, whether it's the receivers. Uh, like, I think his guys are going to have the ability uh, to get open and make and make plays. It's just a matter of how accurate can Kronowski can be? Uh, how can how much can the offensive line hold up to to give him time uh, to be accurate in his throws and go through his progressions? I th- so I think those are those are kind of two keys for South Dakota State to, to 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 make it a game to keep it a close game. And like I said, I think it will be a one possession game midway through the fourth quarter, and then you know what happens after that. You know we'll have to see. So what's your what's your final score prediction for Saturday? Yeah, I'll probably go with something like 20, 27 to, to 20 or 20, you know, 28, 21, uh, something like that with, with Iowa winning. Uh, I do think it will it will be a one possession game. Uh, I think South Dakota State is going to hang in there and play really, really well. Uh, but it's just uh, it's I, I wouldn't even call it a hot take or anything like that to predict South Dakota State to win, because if they did, it wouldn't be like, holy crap, I can't believe that just happened. I just think I will be a little bit too much uh, for South Dakota State, and they'll pull away there uh, a little bit in, late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think the Iowa fan base, there's a lot of people that are very sold on Iowa winning this game pretty handily. And then there are some that are more worried about it than others. And I get it. Like, you know, people are going to have different mindsets with everything, but there really seems to be nothing in between. Like everyone yeah. thinks, you know, Iowa, the Iowa's either going to win or it's going to be, you know, South Dakota State could pull it out, but it could be close too. But um, Sam, man, this was this was awesome. Really appreciate your intel on South Dakota State. Um, obviously, you do a great work over there at Hero Sports. So you know, kind of drop your Twitter or drop you know anything where people can find you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I am on Twitter at Sam Herter FCS. And then our website is Herosports.com, uh, where we our main focus is on the FCS and also some Group of Five coverage uh, as well. So uh, check us out there. Awesome, Sam. Well, thanks again for hopping on. And yeah, man, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.